How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Ah, yes. Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. I am your host, Dr. Rob, and as always, I am excited and happy to be with you once again today. I thank God for another day in this wonderful life that we are living. I just want to say... Right up front, thank you so much for your continued support of this podcast, the downloads or downloading, and that means that more and more people are listening to Station B.O.B. And today I have a special podcast for you. It's a very special podcast, I would say. So after you listen, please tell a friend, tell a foe. Heck! Tell everybody you know to listen to Station B.O.B. As we provide content to make good people better and bad people good. And with that said, I'd like to move into what our topic for today's show is. The topic is Gardner Rhythms. Let me just say, you know what gardenerisms are. If you don't, let me just help you. Gardenerisms are sayings that I have to help you think about life, solve problems in life. You may find them funny, but they're good to know and understand as they help you look at your circumstances or your situations differently. So now back to the topic. I just wanted to break down what gardenerisms are for the record. So today's topic is gardenerisms equal algorithms. Now, for the record, let me just give you a simple definition of algorithms so you understand the relation to you understand the relationship between gardenerisms and algorithms. Algorithms is a noun. And it's a process or set of rules to be followed in calculations or other problem-solving operations. And in this case, we are talking about gardenerisms that equal algorithms to help you problem-solve the way you operate in life and in love. And I am going to share my gardenerisms with you in no particular order. I'm just going to 
spit them out, as they say. And, and and then I will provide, you know, a meaning, a definition, or maybe even a brief discussion so you know how to apply that particular gardenerism. And in addition, I'm going to share one or two gardenerisms uh, that my father used to share with me, and I might have one or two from my wonderful wife. So... Let's get this party started. Some men are just tall, and that's all. What does that mean? Well, simply, I mean, all my life since I started partying, you know, the ladies, they they all seem to love tall men. It's just something about that tall guy. And I'm not mad at that. But what I'm saying is some men are just tall, and that's all. And that's no shade or hate on my tall brothers. All I'm saying is, ladies, you, you, you've got to want more than, you know, just a man who's tall. Because after all, you need somebody that's going to love you, communicate with you, and be that man. And so some of us short guys can do that too. So... Some men are tall, and that's all. Let me move on to my next one. Don't be embarrassed. Be empowered. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, so many of us, including myself, there was a time when I could be embarrassed. I remember when I lived in the Bronx, and um, I would head to work, and, you know, I had to take the subway but it was an outside train station and so quite often the birds the pigeons would be hanging around on on you know on the rafters in this in the station so there was a time or two where a bird shit on me and i have to tell you not only is that embarrassing but it is very frustrating to have a bird shit on your glasses and it, it, the fact that that would even touch your skin is like, ah! So I had to make it back to the crib and change clothes and shower up and everything. But my point is, don't be embarrassed. Be empowered. I mean, it may be hard not to do that if a bird dumps on you. But what I'm really saying is in everyday life, things happen where we may feel embarrassed. But what can happen to you can happen to me. And it can happen to all those who you might feel embarrassed in front of. So understand if something happens that could make you feel a certain way, like feeling or being embarrassed, be empowered. Embrace what has happened and understand that what happened to you could happen to me or somebody else. And there's no real reason, unless a bird dumps on you, to feel embarrassed. Just understand that today, whatever happened, it happened to you. But it's not the end of life. It's not the end of the world. And it's just something that happened in that moment in time. So don't be embarrassed. Be empowered. Now, speaking of being empowered, I want to talk about taking back your power. What do I mean when I say take back your power? Well, for a long time, 
I have been of the mind that I stopped caring about what people think about me. Because, see, if I worry about what you think about me, I'm not talking about you, my listeners, of course, because I know you love Dr. Rob. I'm talking about people at work, people on the subway, people, my next door neighbors, people, just people in general. When I say take back your power, that means do not concern yourself about what others think about you. What do I mean by that? Listen, you know, nowadays, especially the, the, the kids, they have the saying, don't judge me. Well, you're going to be judged. You're going to be discriminated against and, and all those things. So what, I, what I'm saying is take back your power. Do not concern yourself with what other people think about you because when you do, you give them power over your life. For instance... You want to wear a certain color shirt or or outfit or something, and it's one of your favorite outfits, but it may be out of style or it may be something that only you like. But so you decide not to wear it or not to say something or not to be yourself because you are concerned about others. And when you concern yourself with others, then you give the way or you give away the the power of your joy the things the things that would normally make you happy because you are so concerned about what others might think about you instead you you fall in line with trying to be more you know aligned with what people think but you don't really feel good about that decision to fall in line with what people think so when you don't feel good then you don't experience the joy that you could normally experience so take back your power do not concern yourself with what others think about you you know i don't think what i don't care about what my neighbors think let me tell you why because you see your neighbors your goody two-shoe neighbors, you know, they look at you and they might frown upon you if they see that your child might be on drugs or you might have a, a gay child or you may have been inebriated, you know, to a, a, you know, to the point where you're drunk and so you're feeling some kind of way, some type of embarrassment. But see, the thing is, is that your neighbors, they have the same problems. They have gay children. They have children on drugs. They have people who drink too much or, or who may drop out of school or who may drop out of college. So I don't concern myself with what the neighbors think because what the neighbors think, I think too. And what happens to me can happen to them and more than likely is or already has happened. So don't take back. I'm sorry. Do not concern yourself with what other people think about you. Take back the power so you can be filled with the joy of what you want to do with yourself and your life. Speaking of life, my next gardenerism has everything to do with your life.
Matter of fact, this gardenerism is the title of one of my books, my latest book, Light Up Your Life. Look inside for enjoyment. What do I mean by that? Light up your life. Look inside for enjoyment. You see, what happens is we're looking everywhere else for fulfillment, for enjoyment. We look everywhere else but inside. Okay? We're looking to see how many likes we got on our last post. We look to see how many likes we got on our last post to Instagram. We're looking to see how many people are liking what you said or what you're doing or the pictures you have on Facebook. We're looking to see how many people like what your tweet. Understand this. Most good things work best. From the inside out. And that would include us as human beings. So when I say look inside for enjoyment and stop looking outside because there's nothing out there but people who who are throwing shade, throwing hate, judging you and all those kind of things. Work on your inside, improve your self-esteem, learn to love yourself, learn to let go, learn to understand and believe that you are enough. And when you come to the point where you understand that you are enough, then you're going to be on the right side of the good things. So keep that in mind. Most good things work Best from the inside out. What about this one? Real men cry. You know, I came I came up at a time where on the street the saying was real men don't cry. Well let me tell you about what happens when men and or women don't cry. Then your issues, your situations, your circumstances, whatever's eating at you, it will build up and eat you alive. And so when you don't cry about it, when you don't talk about it, then you will act out about it. You will punch a wall. You will throw a chair. You might even hit somebody you love and didn't mean to strike that person in a hurtful way, like your wife, like your girlfriend, like your child. So real men cry. I have to tell you, each and every time that I've cried, I I felt so much better afterwards. I mean, what do you think we have tears for? Our tears are not intended to wash our face, okay? Our tears are there for those real emotions that... After there's nothing else left, then let the tears flow. Real men cry. Because if you don't cry about it or talk about it, you will act out about it. And on that same vibe, this next one is good. This next gardenerism is another gem. But before I get to that one, I have to let a promo in. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, 
Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. All right. It's a nice promo. I want to keep my books on your mind and your mind on my books. As a matter of fact, many of my gardenerisms are in my book, and so they are there for the taking if you want to use them and apply them to your situations and circumstances in your life. So to continue on with the topic, gardenerisms equal algorithms. Oh, this next one I think is good because... I think more of us have to become aware of how to manage our emotions. And what do I mean by that? I mean that we have to learn how to think more and feel less. What do I mean by that? Think more and feel less. Well, quite often we get caught up in our feelings based on our problems, our situations and circumstances. And so, when if we if we feel more than we think, then that's going to contribute to feeling bad, feeling angry, feeling sad, and all the other bad emotions that come along with having problems, situations, and circumstances. So if we learn to think more and feel less, what I mean by that is to start to think about solutions, resolutions, assess the situation, the circumstances, your, the, the experience. See, when we think more and feel less, then we become less angry. Our emotions are less impulsive. We don't yell as much and we don't overreact. Now, it's important to feel, you know, somebody gets hurt, you make a mistake, oh, I feel bad, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. It's Valentine's Day, somebody passes away, somebody gets married, it's your birthday. You know, those are the type of things that you, you, you have feelings about. You meet a new guy, you meet a new girl, yes, you should have feelings about those type of things and situations. But when it comes to circumstances and scenarios, we have to think more 
and feel less. Because if we think more, then we'll figure out ways to work through our problems, the challenges we face. If we start feeling before we start thinking, then the solutions, the resolution it will be delayed because we're tripping over our emotions. So learn to become more aware of your feelings and your emotions and learn to think more and feel less when you are presented with situations. It will be very helpful. Now I'm going to switch up and do a little, um, uh, I'm going to say gardenerism because this one is from from my wife, Valerie Eccles Gardner. Okay. And my wife went on to, you know, she has a, a master's in business administration with um, a focus on economics and finance. How many people you know, black people, I will say have master's degrees in economics and finance. I mean, that's some stuff from CNN, okay, where you become a contributor. And she loves economics and finance. But not only, you know, from an educational standpoint, but she also joined the U.S. Army. And she she retired as a full-bird colonel. What does that mean? That means she was, you know, you have... Lieutenant colonels, and then you have colonel, and then you have the general. So she reached the rank of a colonel. And to that, she said one time at an event where she was being honored, this is the gardenerism from my wife, where she says, I'm just a little black girl from Boston way. Now, what she meant by that, is basically she didn't come from a rich family. She didn't grow up with a silver spoon in her mouth. She's just a little black girl from Boston Way, which is a public housing project in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And with little or nothing to start out with, she now has a master's in business administration and economics and finance. And she retired as a colonel. Now that's saying something for a little black girl from Boston Way. And the moral of that story is it does not matter how you start or where you start. What matters is how you finish. And there's, and let me just share another Valorism, because that's my wife's name. So let's just put her, you know, name out there. Hopefully she won't get mad at me. But let me give you another Valorism, you know, where she says your issues, you know, the stuff that happens to you in your childhood, you know, because sometimes for some of us, things happen. We get touched inappropriately. We, we, we may not know our fathers. We may be adopted. People die, we lose our grandmothers, you know, people get sick. So what she says to that is, your issues may not be your fault as a child, but as an adult, it is your responsibility to address your issues. So essentially what happens to us as children 
It's not our fault because we just we just children, and we have adults who are bigger and stronger and and more authoritative than us. They tell us what to do. They violate us, and a whole bunch of other things. So those things are not our fault. But then we grow up. We become aware that we might have some personal issues. We may have some things that make us sad, make us mad because of what happened to us in our childhood. And so if you have that type of awareness, then it's your responsibility to fix yourself so that you can live a more purposeful, driven life to make the world a better place, okay? Oh, now I'm going to give you a bonus. Although I have some more gardenerisms, but I want to share a couple from my father, Robert Thad Gardner Sr. And he had many, well, I say had, but he's still alive. But he has shared with me many of his gardenerisms over the years. And unfortunately, I don't remember them all, but I'm going to try to share a few. And if another one pops up before I finish the podcast today, then of course, I'll be more than happy to share them with you. So my father, Robert Thad Gardner Sr., he likes to go by Thad. So we'll call them Thadisms. So one of his Thadisms is a knock is a boost. Now, what does he mean by that? Simply, he means when somebody talks about you negatively, they are really boosting you. They are really promoting you because the person they may not, they, that they are talking to in a negative way about you may not even know who you are, but now they are talking about you. And so they are boosting you. They are promoting you. So embrace that. A knock is a boost. I love that one. A knock is a boost. He used to say, Rob, a knock is a boost. And so get boosted. You're not getting knocked. You're getting boosted. So this is another good one my father used to share with me. When we have situations, you know, problems, you, you got issues with your credit card or you're trying to return something at, a, at you know, at Walmart or, Tar, or Target or Target, whichever, however you call it, or Wegmans or, or Nordstrom's or, or a store at the mall. You're trying to return something, get some service, and that first person you come in contact with, they're just telling you, no, no, I can't help you. Oops, it's too late. Can't do anything for you. My father always used to say, Rob, we don't deal with no lieutenants. We go straight to the top. So in other words, when you get that first person on the front line that's telling you no, no, sorry, it's too late. You did it wrong. You didn't complete this. You didn't do that. Nope, we can't take your merchandise back. No returns. Well, you don't argue with the lieutenants. You find out who's in charge. You 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 go to the decision maker. Cause see, many times we get caught up in our emotions and we start fighting with the first person we come in contact with that's telling us no. But we don't play that. We don't deal with no lieutenants. We go straight to the top. Now this one is for you single people. This is still a thadism. My father used to always say when I was single, Rob. You got to always have two, talking about two women. And 
my father, he was a ladies' man, so this is it's no surprise that this would be one of his sayings. But what he meant by saying, for you single men and women, what he meant by you all you have to always have two, what what he what he's saying really is you know, when you're young and you're single, don't put all your eggs in one basket, but not like foolishly. What he's saying is when you when you you may have some problems with that with the main with the main person. So if you have that other person who you can go to to share your feelings with, maybe to communicate more, maybe to get a different type of, you know, stimulation, some humor, some, you know, intellectual stimulation, whatever it might be, whatever you may have in common with somebody else that you can vent or or find, uh, you know, some peace in the moment, you, you got to always have two so keep that in mind that's for you single people and i think with my father knowing him he probably meant that even when you're married but he's not really saying cheat on your wife he's just saying no that you need to have a you may need to have an outlet and then another thadism the last one that i can think of is my father used to say rob you gotta practice what does he mean by that? You got to practice. He's not necessarily talking about basketball practice or tennis practice, but that's practice also. What he's saying is whatever you want to learn how to do, if it's public speaking, then speak publicly, you know, more often in front of people. If that's something that you don't feel you're good at, then practice, volunteer. You know, you, you, you have to practice whatever you need to do better, whatever it is. You got to practice, okay? So those are my valorisms and my thadisms. And after we let this promo in, we're going to get back to the final version of the Dr. Robisms, a.k.a. Gardnerisms. Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services, the place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide, and motivate you to succeed. We provide management training and consulting services for all businesses in the areas of employee relations, unionized employees, progressive discipline, the annual review process, and emotional intelligence to develop effective leaders for your organization. And our relationship counseling services for individuals, couples, groups show you how to become relationship ready with improved self-esteem, resilience, and self-awareness. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B. Okay, that's right. I got to keep my business on your mind and your mind on my business. And so we are going to continue on with the gardnerisms because today's topic is gardnerisms equal algorithms. And um, um, I hope, I believe this is helpful. What do you think?
Are some of these garden wisdoms funny? Some of them are funny, and, and some of them are, are real essential in health. I think they're funny. What do you think? And there hasn't been, I don't think I have delivered any bad algorithms. Have there been any bad algorithms? Yeah, okay, maybe one or two of them didn't hit the mark. But for the most part, I think these algorithms are, I'm sorry, gardenerisms are very helpful. And time is flying so fast. I have... A few more gardenerisms that you can apply to your life and love circumstances, and in some cases, even work. So let me continue on with the gardenerisms. This one is for the ladies. Ladies, you know, charm can lead to harm. What do I mean by that? Well, sometimes I watch these mystery shows about, you know, America's most wanted or unsolved mysteries. And sometimes when women get abused, you know, in the aftermath, after the murder and everything, their family and friends always say, but Lamont, he was so charming. In the beginning, he was so charming. So, ladies, what I want to say is that charm can lead to harm. There's, you know, one, a different way to say Charm is, you know, you were beguiled by, you know, the way the individual, you know, the way he treated you. Well, beguiled is another word for charm, but beguiled means that it's a type of charm that is not always good. So understand that charm can lead to harm. And sometimes, ladies, you may be beguiled. By that charming gentleman. And you have to learn how to read through the charm. Ask the questions. Ask questions. Tell me about Lamont, the little boy. How did you grow up? Because, see, those those questions will give you the answers and send the signals that you may need to know so that Lamont's charm does not lead to harm. This is another one of my favorites in my book, The Choices We Make. You got to be relationship ready. What does that mean? What did you even think you needed to be ready for relationships? Yes, the answer to that is yes. The divorce rate for marriage the first time is 40%. For second marriages, the divorce rate is 64%. The third time for marriages, I'm sorry, for divorce after the third marriage is 74%. You you have to be relationship ready. What does that mean? That means that you have to be aware that you have issues. We all have issues. But we have to acknowledge that you have issues. Learn to address your issues. Learn to let go. Learn to forgive. Improve your self-esteem. Learn to love yourself and become relationship ready so that not only... Will you have good relationships with others, but you can also have a good relationship with yourself. The next gardenerism, stop child pawn. What is that stop child pawn? Well, many times 
when couples relationships end on bad terms, usually the mother, ladies, I'm not throwing shade, but this is a fact because the women, you guys wind up with custody of the children. And so quite often, and fathers do it too, quite often the parent that has custody of the child uses the child as a weapon, as a pawn. They we they use the child to hurt the other parent. So to that I say stop child pawn. Stop using children to hurt the other parent by not letting the father or the mother see their child during their scheduled visits or you working hard in family court to make sure that the other parent who broke up with you doesn't get to see the child. Not that's the worst thing in the world that you can do. Not only for the father, but for the child, because in the end, the child is the only one that gets hurt in that scenario. Because if I'm a grown man, yes, I love my child. I want to see my child, of course. But eventually, I'm going to figure something out, and I'm going to start doing something else. So children are prisoners of love. So we have to stop child porn. If you, if women, if you really want to get to the guy, or hurt the guy to make him take care of the children because then he can't go play ball. He can't be at, you know, happy hour and he will find a way just as you will find a way, but it slows him down. If you want to, if you want to get at, at the father's, of your ex-mates, make them spend time with the children. Make them take care of the children. That slows down their player ability, for sure. Trust me on that. The next one is, love is an action, not a word, and it's not supposed to hurt. You know, quite often, you know, people talk about, oh, I love you. Yeah, I love you, girl. Yes. And then we cheat on one another. See, cheating is not a loving action. You know, people say, well, you know, there's different ways to love. No, 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 no. Love is not a word, and it's not supposed to hurt. Love is an action. What do I mean by that? This is another Gardnerism that's in my book, The Choices We Make. Love is an action simply means that we do loving things to make one another feel good. What, what good is it for me to tell you I love you and I'm beating on you or I'm cheating on you? That's not love. That's pain. Okay? So love is not a word and it is not supposed to hurt. Now you go write that down. Okay. Do the right thing when nobody is looking. See, this is this is important. You know, see, good people, you know, this is not even about trust. This is about just understanding that if you leave me in my residence or I leave you in my place of residency, that you don't have no right or obligation to look through my stuff, to take the money that I left on top of the dresser or the dining room table. I remember years ago I was with some, was with a group of people, you know, some young men, my friends and some young women and one of the ladies had mentioned, yeah, if a guy leaves me in his house, you know, while he goes to the store, I'm looking through his stuff. What? You don't have any right whatsoever to, to rummage through or go through anybody's things because they, they trusted you enough. They liked you enough, respected you enough to leave them in their place of residence. 
when when that happens, you go sit down, watch television, use the bathroom, but by golly, do not go through my things. Do the right thing when nobody is looking. It leads to good karma, and good karma leads to good life experiences. This is this is one of my favorites. If you change the way you think, you can change the way you feel. And if you change the way you feel, you can change the way you think. What do I mean by that? I talked about this earlier quite often. So many of us, we get into our feelings and we wonder why I keep feeling this way. Why do I keep feeling this way? Because we have to become active participants in our thinking speak to your feelings when you when you feel a certain way do not stand by on the sidelines like a cheerleader and cheer one bad thought on to another and then you wind up in a very low place feeling bad looking sad and angry and mad no if you change the way you think because you can do that. You can you can replace negative thoughts with positive thoughts. Become an active participant in your thinking. So I'm going to say this one more time. If you change the way you think, you can change the way you feel. And if you change the way you feel, then you will automatically change the way you think. This is one of my favorites. The wife and I, we say this one with the kids all the time, and hopefully you can share this one with your children. We say can, we don't say can't. You know, did you hear that? We say can, we don't say can't. Because you can do anything. All you have to do is try. Because you see, essentially, when, when you start saying, well, I can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. That's like a subtle brainwashing to tell yourself that you can't do something. So you make excuses. You And, you know, when you keep telling, saying to yourself that I can't do this and I can't do that, then you start to believe it. And quite frankly, I'm a little black boy. From East Harlem, the Washington Housing Projects. And I have done so much, and I have come from so little, but I've done some big things. And I have never, ever believed that there was anything that I could not do that I said that I was going to do. So, people, please talk to your children, talk to yourself, and let them know. Let this be the anthem in your house. We say can, we don't say can't, because you can do anything. All you have to do is try. Now tell me that ain't deep. Tell me that ain't deep. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? This is another important one about uh about our children, you know, just to, this is somewhat therapeutic, but it's important to understand your kids. You see, kids, you know, today especially, they have a very low emotional threshold. 
you know, somebody talks about them, somebody judges them, sends them a negative message on on uh, their iPads or cell phones, and you know, suddenly they they plummet into feeling bad and getting quiet. And so, it's important to understand that your kids. You know, you have to first understand that many kids have not learned how to compartmentalize their thoughts. Like, in other words, put this feeling over there and put this thought over there so that I can still go forward and focus on my schoolwork or my happiness. And so because children have not yet, not all, but many have not yet learned how to compartmentalize their thoughts. And so kids think the way they feel and they feel the way they think, which causes them to shut down. Like their feelings and their thoughts seem to be tied together. So when they're feeling mad and feeling embarrassed or feeling bullied, they think about it and they feel about it. They have not yet been able to separate the two. So understand in working with your children, it's important to talk to them about thinking more and feeling less. Say it with me. Help your children to think more and feel less because if they think about what's happening, they just might find out that what they're dealing with is not as bad as they thought. I've even had that experience, not with my feelings, but just in my my life experiences. There's so many of the things that I had to deal with. They always seem to turn out to not be as bad as I thought. Now, this is another doozy. I used to use this one when I was doing human resources because it seemed like every job that I worked on as a human resources professional, I had to resolve a lot of conflicts. And, and most of the conflicts were about people who did not like each other. And most of the time, the people who did not like each other, they didn't even know why they didn't like each other. Worked together for 10 years and never spoke. That's insane. I want you to understand that, see, we don't have to like each other, okay? That's just, sometimes that's just too much. We do not have to like each other. Like I say to people, I don't really care if you don't like me because I love myself. I'm not giving away my power. I am not giving away my power. But back to this particular gardenerism, we do not have to like each other. Especially at work. See, they don't hire us because we should like each other. But what we do have to do, especially at work, is respect one another. So don't worry about liking me or liking that person, your supervisor or your boss. So we don't have to like each other. But we should and we do have to respect one another and if you respect what i bring to the table and i respect what you bring to the table you got my reports on time you're coming to work every day you're doing what you're supposed to do hey i just might begin or we just might begin to like one another once you see that that person can be counted on they can be relied upon they are accountable they accept responsibility for the mistakes they made so this is about respect not liking so we don't have to like each other 
But we do have to respect one another. This other one, this next one, I should say, I just talked about this one, but it, it, it's important just to mention it again. Learn how to take control of your thoughts or your thoughts will take control of you. You know what they say in church, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. What does that mean? That means when you are feeling bad, thinking bad, take control of your thoughts, speak to your feelings, become an active participant in your thinking. Speak to your feelings. Tell yourself, hey, 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 Rob, why am I feeling like this? There's no reason for me to be feeling like this. Your life is good. Your health is good. Everybody you know and love is alive right now as far as you know. Hey, take control of your thoughts. Become an active participant. In your thinking Alright the next one Is important to understand And we're just about to wrap it up Just have a few more gardenerisms And I know you're enjoying this Because I am enjoying sharing them with you And I didn't realize That I have accumulated So many gardenerisms Over the years But trust me I have used them People I know have used them. They work. And I want to share them with you so that you can use these gardenerisms to apply them to problem-solving operations and your life experiences and life, love, and work. My next one, happiness is a choice. Think about that. It's just like what I've just finished talking about. Take control of your thoughts. Happiness is a choice. You know, see, you you have to do some work to re to remain happy in between the good times. Because see, you know, you might enjoy getting a new watch, a new car, a new iPhone. But then what do you do between the time you get the new iPhone and your next new iPhone? That could be two, three, four, five years. So you have to understand that happiness is a choice. Choose happiness. Work through it. Understand that happiness is a choice and you have to do some work to remain happy in between the good times. My next one is 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 a common one. You know how everybody says, oh, have a nice day. Oh, no, no. You're not just going to have a nice day. Okay. You have to make it. A nice day because see people things circumstances situations will happen that will get in the way of you having a nice day so this is like the same way you take control of your thoughts you have to take control of your day and make it a good day because there's going to be some human being some boyfriend some girlfriend some co-worker some child some neighbor that's going to do something to interfere with your ability to just have a good day. So, again, you have to assess what's happening. You have to think more and feel less and make it a good day. Are we coming down? We're coming down the line. I know, you, I know you're enjoying this cause, because I am enjoying this. My next one is every day is a good day. Because any day above ground has to be good. 
No explanation there. That one speaks for itself. Oh, this is this is a good one. I hear this a lot. People say everywhere you go, at work, on television. Oh, I don't want to date myself. What? You don't want to date yourself. But people are ashamed of you know getting older, feeling their age. I don't want to date myself. Now, I don't mind dating myself. Doggone! I was born. In 1957, can you imagine that? I barely know, aside from the friends that I grew up with, everybody else I know was born in the 80s and 90s, okay? No, no, I'm going to date myself. You know why? Because if you don't get old, then you will die young. So embrace your age, date yourself. Why, Why should we be embarrassed about that? If you don't get old, you will die young. Date yourself, 1957. Finally, well, not finally, but almost finally, pre-finally, do the right thing when nobody's looking. I said that one already. Excuse me. Excuse me. You know, it's almost time for the show to end when I'm starting to repeat my gardenerisms. So I'm not going to scratch that. But, yes, do, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Oh, my next one has a lot to do with the self again. Learn to love yourself. How can you love me if you do not love you? It is a much better feeling for life when you love yourself. As Whitney Houston's song goes, the greatest love of all is to love yourself. That song has helped me, inspired me to really appreciate and love myself. And that is it for all of the gardenerisms and valorisms and thadisms that I have to share with you today. Hopefully, some of these, if not all of these, will make a difference in your life. Don't be afraid to use them. You can find them in all of my books, The Choices We Make, Access Denied. And light up your life. And let me just see what else, what else, what else. I hope that a few of these will help you, as I said. And for the future going forward, please follow, subscribe to this podcast. And remember, you can find my podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. And remember, as I always say, love is an action, not a word, and it is not supposed to hurt. Thank you once again, my friend, for listening to Station B.O.B. Until the next time we meet, I will talk to you later. Peace. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, 
If I can cheer somebody with a word or song If I can show somebody he is traveling wrong Then my living will not be in vain Until we meet again Do the right thing when nobody is looking Peace, beloved